You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Today's going to be a great podcast. I have a young entrepreneur with me today. I have Luke Lentz, and we're going to talk about young entrepreneurship. He's the founder of the High Key PR firm. Luke, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Sean, for having me. Looking forward right. to it. So, uh, young entrepreneurship. You know, I, I'm fascinated by the subject. You talk about it quite a bit. It it, it it seems like it's it's like the one thing you can tell everybody you're an entrepreneur. Like, I don't care what you have started. It could be, you know, a business that doesn't make any money, but you're an entrepreneur. Like that label is thrown around so easily these days. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's an influencer. Uh, what, what's your interpretation of young entrepreneurs? And, and am I correct on that? No, for sure. I think it's the one of the most uh, sought after things now where entrepreneurship wasn't this flashy thing before when it was actually known as being running a business and what it actually means. And the thing that you said about like influencers, influence being an influencer and a content creator is one of the biggest goals of the average high school student right now. And it's really just because that's the content that they're consuming online. And that's what they think that they want. And the aspect of young entrepreneurship is I think it's mainly that people want freedom and they see entrepreneurship as a way to obtain ultimate freedom because you have freedom over your time. You have freedom over what you're doing in your work. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that's exactly it. The ideal entrepreneur, you know, they look at these, you know, they look at the people online, but they never see the journey. Like they'll look at the Grant Cardone, but they don't show you the Grant Cardone from 25 to 55. Or, or the Ed Milet, they don't show you the Ed Milet from 25 to 45, you know, in the 40, they, they don't, they, they, there's always a decade, Elon Musk, there's always a decade they leave out. It, it's, it's so true. And that's what I'm trying to do is like, I, I've been documenting my entire journey over the past uh, eight years of starting up my business when I was 16 in grade 10 of high school. And I'm trying to just be as transparent as possible in terms of like what it actually takes to become successful as an entrepreneur, especially as a young entrepreneur and the stuff that you have to go through, like you have to, you have to be putting in relentless amounts of work at the, at the beginning, because you have a limited amount of resources and you have a limited time with not a lot of money. And so you need to be using your time to be able to accumulate money, to use that money, to be able to buy back your time. And then it's just like this endless cycle of that. And yeah. people don't understand the hard work that goes beyond, beyond that. Yeah. And I, the biggest thing I, I, you know, we're, you know, you know, obviously teaching entrepreneurs to speak at colleges and things like that. And, and I always, you know, there's a couple of things you have to figure out. Number one is you got to be skilled at something. You've got to be great at something because at the end of the day, you've got, I always say like, if for some reason I woke up tomorrow and my business is collapsed, like, what could I go do for a living? Like nobody wants to think that, but you got to have a skill set. I mean, Grant Cardone can go sell. Ed Milet can go sell. All these guys, you know, they're at the end of the day, they're they're top. The you know the one in a million, uh, one in ten million salesperson. And then you take that salesperson mixed with you know relentless energy, you know relentless just period, you know determination. That's a pretty formidable combination. If you point them in any direction, they're going to get something done. No, for sure. And that's the component of how skill sets can't be taken from you. And that's the mindset that I had 
when I was making the decision of, do I want to go at university when I was two years into starting up my business? Cause I started up in grade 10 and then I was faced with this decision of, do I go to university? Do I go down this safe path? And what I was thinking about was the long-term in terms of what each decision would yield. And in the long-term of making the decision of to, to go with my business and not go down the safe route of university is I always thought about how I could miserably fail for four years of running a business. But as long as I learned the skill sets and knowledge from real applicable stuff in inside of running an actual business, even though if it miserably failed, I likely would learn more than I would at university learning about hypothetical situations of business. Because it was either I was going to business school and university or actually running the business. And I'm glad I made the decision I did. Oh, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I say the only thing I got out of college, and I was on an athletic scholarship, so, uh, you know, I got some of it paid for me, the relationships. The relationships are great, but if you're a relational person, you're going to make relationships throughout your entire life, regardless of that. And I think there's few situations where there is a an ecosystem that is so incredible, but we're talking about less than eight schools in the country. You know, and you better make money because when you walk out, you're going to be walking out with about four hundred, you know, thousand dollars of debt. You know, if you yeah, go when you're undergrad and grad. <laughs> yeah, when you're walking out with that debt, that debt lasts forever, even if you go bankrupt. Like, it, no, it, it's student it, no, loan it's, debt is great. It doesn't lead. It is it, we. It's the financial herpes in life. It's never. It's never. You can get rid of a lot of financial things. You're not getting rid of student loan debt. It's it's. It's the forget forever gift. I, and I agree. Like my daughter's a school teacher. Okay. And she has a master's degree. My son, Colin is an entrepreneur. I, I would 100% knowing what I now know. And the advice I gave him is, is that, yeah, go, go throw some things against the wall, build a skill set and, and throw some things, see what sticks, find out what you're good at. The problem with the only, the big problem with colleges is that when you spend those four years, you st- in entrepreneurship, well, you still don't leave with the skill. <laughs> like you understand business to some degree. I'd argue you could read about eight books and, and, and know probably more than 80% of the people in most colleges. But but you, you you still have to develop. Can you manage money? Can you lead people? Can, can you get something off the ground? Do you have re- relentlessness? Can you do a pitch? Uh, you know, do you know how to manage your personal finances, as well as the business finances. There's so many things that you're that have nothing to do with college. And many of the colleges that I'm talking about, all that that's all investment. You know, you're going to get money. Those businesses that they're going to get are going to be, you know, obviously a venture capital. And it's not, it doesn't even apply to the 99% of us. For sure. And I, I always had a problem and struggled with learning in high school, even though I got really good grades, um, I, I kind of did everything possible and worked relentlessly to get good grades in high school. But I, I always had a problem learning. It was because I felt that everything was hypothetical. Like in ec- economics class, for example, in high school, I did horrible in, and which is funny because like I've done very well in business after starting it. And it's the difference of learning material from a hypothetical standpoint compared to actually doing the work and then learning with the perspective of actually doing it. Like I've been able to rapidly learn different skill sets within business because I'm actually doing it and practicing it immediately after learning it and constantly testing and reiterating. Well, I completely agree. I mean, the periodic table, 
I, I well, number one is I still can't tell you three things on it, and I still can't tell you that I've ever applied it. There, at no point, I have never in my entire life, in any scope of life, have ever had anybody say to me, "Hey, Sean, what's that one sitting on the top of that periodic table?" You know, it's just it's never come, it's never come up. I, you know, I, nobody's ever said, you know, a times b you know, equals C screen, you know, go, go through algebra. It's never come up. Nobody's ever said, you know, when you're 60 yards away from a pony and the pony drops off, you know, two, you know, two gallons of water, how much is left in the, you know, all these word problems we used to have. It never happens in life. Like it, I, to this, it's, I've never had it happen. Nothing even close to it. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, I spent, you really think about it. I mean, I spent years on this periodic table years on algebra and the only thing i've learned in business you better know how to multiply divide and subtract it's the big three it's the, i mean it is and now i got my phone i can yell to siri and she's a genius i got einstein's you know i get you know, i got i, I got i gotta just voice activated einstein i don't have to do any of it anymore yeah, well, there's so many aspects of the modern day school system that are extremely broken because it's just so hard for them to keep up with the times of the internet, social media, the access that we have to our phones, AI now. It's it's just practically impossible for them to keep up with the curriculum across the entire world with all of this. And they're stuck in this way of the, the majority of the testing and the exams that school systems have are based off of memorization, which has nothing to do with somebody's actual IQ or just like how they're going to perform in the real world where memorization is actually not that needed anymore. It's actually like asking the right questions that are needed and critical thinking, which very rarely do schools teach. Yeah. I mean, in entrepreneurship, if I was just going down the skill set, you know, I'm like, what do you really need? Well, you need to be able to sell. So you need to be able to communicate. I mean, communication and sales are critical. You need to be able to be a leader. You need to learn how to play with others. You know what I mean? You got to play in that sandbox, whether you like people or not, you know, you're going to have a team or, you, you know, if you look at it, it's, it's, it's not like I didn't, there's no history there. You know, there was no science in that. There was no math. And these, you know, I, these are important. You know, I, I think you should have a, you know, a rounded knowledge. No, I, I think as an entrepreneur, I think going, you know, spending four years in college, you have to really think that one through. Like, what are you going to get out of it? I look at everything from a value proposition. I'm going to spend this much money. What's my return on investment? For sure, for sure. And I think the the thing that people have to ask themselves is genuinely everybody in this world can't be an entrepreneur. Like there's a select few of people that are like meant for entrepreneurship and whether that's you're born with it or you're built into it. I, I think the major component that separates entrepreneurs is their rest, risk tolerant, tolerance. So like how, how much risk can they can they bear? And that's usually based off of your past history where you can look back on if you're choosing between going into university or not, um, it, you can normally look on your past of things that you did in high school and how much risk you, that you were able to take on without like having a mental breakdown. Yeah. And I think there, I think the big thing with entrepreneurship, you have the ability to absorb more pain. It's very similar to like Rocky, you know, it, in entrepreneurship, you've got to be able to take a punch. We're an employee. You can quit. I mean, realistically, you can go to work on any given day. And if it's too tough, right? You can quit and then try to get another job or reposition yourself within a company or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of ways out. 
you could say, well, I could quit as an entrepreneur. It's it's a little hard sometimes when you you put up your life savings, you've got your your signature on a, a bunch of loans, you've got people that are working for you. I mean, it, it may cross your mind, and it has, okay. But <laughs> but you right, but you don't do it. You know, as an employee at five o'clock, you know, technically you can shut it down. It's so true. Yeah. Those are components that you don't, <laughs> nobody tells you until you actually get into it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different. I, I mean, I, I like, I like the financial reach. I mean, the entrepreneurship is great. The payoff is great. You're right. The scheduling and all that. I, I had a funny thing where, I mean, obviously do fairly well for a living and, but I own, I own a construction company, which is funny. I always tell people, I don't know the difference between two screwdrivers, but it's just one of the things in my portfolio. And so I was working with an orthopedic surgeon and we were going to do this really massive, massive job. And so I, I told him, you know, cause again, I'm just a communicator, I'm not a, not a construction guy. So I said, Hey, meet me at the corner of this and I'll show you $5 million of work within 1000 yards. That's a Grant Cardone type of clothes, right? Do you just come here meet me there? Right. And again, I, I, I don't know anything about tools. So he shows up. We get in my car. I drive down to the bottom of the street. I pull in the driveway and I point to this mansion. I go, I built that house. And I turned out of it and I pointed to another house right next to it. And I said, I consulted and, and built that one, another you know, massive house. Then I pull up in the driveway of the next house, the biggest of the group. And I hit the garage door opener. It was my house. <laughs> I said, listen, I said, Dave, I'd be a doctor, but you all work way too many hours. <laughs> me on the spot. Because the third, the biggest, the third house was mine. You know, I mean, that's, you know, you're talking about flexing in construction. That's flexing. Like nobody <laughs> does that. Like, no, right that's a Grant Cardone thing. Like I don't own a pickup truck and none of that stuff. I picked them up in you know, with M4 or whatever, you know, whatever, or AMG Mercedes. You know, just kind of driving to the bottom, you know, he's taking in the vehicle thing, but then I hit the garage door opener and multi garages go up and there's one car nicer than the other after it. So yeah, again, you can, entrepreneurship is just different. We have so much control in our creativity and our scheduling and our income. And, and yet, you know, the people that do make really good incomes, they work their tail off. I mean, attorneys and doctors work 80 to hundred hours a week. Yeah, hard work is not correlated at all with money or else people who are doing construction work, demolition would be the richest people in the world. I say that. I said, my dad, if, if working hard made you rich, my dad would have been one of the 10 richest people in the world. I've never seen anybody to this day work any harder than he did because there's only so many hours in a day and he did physical labor, you know, six days a week. And it, yep. it darn sure doesn't make you rich. You know, so I'll, I'm going to pass on the hard on the hard work on the hard work end of it. I, I always say, you know, entrepreneurs, we work hard for a season. We're really hard for a season, and that season would probably break most people. But no, you know, that is that is so true. Yeah, it, I I got into watching Alex Hermosi a lot recently. I'm not sure if you, yeah, you yeah, very him, familiar with Alex, yeah. yeah unbelievable person I've, I've been watching him for a year and a half now he he, he helped it build our entire sales team and he, he talks about going through seasons and it resonates heavily with me where it, it it's just understanding it and then accepting it that 
you're in a work season where like, I used to get down on myself where I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm working too much right now. Like I need more balance in my life where I'm putting in like a 16 hour day, having no life outside of it. Uh, sometimes even missing workouts just because I, I have it. And he, he, he talks about it in just, just like what you said, where like that, that's what business Amazing. is like, <laughs> yeah. It's... Inspiration is perishable. Like do it, it, when you have it, run with it. Yeah. Bill Gates said he never, ever took a day off in his twenties. Not a day, like not a day. Well, I did know. he see, say that? Yeah, no, that's an exact quote. I'm, I'm dead on, on that one. So you can Google, you can Google that. One. Did not take a day. Off. Remember he got married in his thirties. If you do the, you know, do I mean, you know, the nerd of all nerds, but he was always number one, number two on the on the Forbes richest, you know, American list, and his best friend was number two, Warren Buffett. So it's kind of like, you know, but no, he didn't take a day off in his twenties. So there, there is always that season. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell talks about it, and you know, when he talks about the great outliers, the, you know, I think we all have predispositions to talent in certain areas. But it's the 10,000 hours of, of just working hard at something that builds out your craft, builds out your talent. And then you start reaping the fruit of it, you know, and I would say the same thing in my 20s, I worked my tail off by my mid 30s, I could work when I want when I want, but I had to work still. Now I don't have to work, don't have to do any of the above, choose to because I like it and plan on doing it until they put me in the box. Um but but they were all seasons, but each season looked different. You know, each season looked different where an employee to me, you know, unless you, you know, you know, there, there are certain jobs that, that are built for employees. And I'm grateful for employees. I want to say that, you know, I wouldn't have anything I have. If I didn't have employees because I come up with ideas and hire employees to run with my ideas and help me scale them, different things like that. So I, I'm grateful for that. But it's a different, it's a different mindset. You know, it's different. And then when I got a, you know, when 2008 happens and you have a financial collapse and you have, you know, COVID happened, we're the ones sitting around trying to figure out the problem. They don't, you know, I mean, they don't have to worry about anything. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you take, you take all of the risks, but then you reap all of the rewards. It, 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 it makes sense. It, it's how yeah. it should be. It, uh -huh. Exactly. I mean, my thing on a hundred percent, I mean, entrepreneurship, and the key thing that I, I tell you know, young entrepreneurs is if I could give like one piece of advice, the ability to test an idea at the smallest scale possible is my greatest piece of advice I can give you. I think the biggest mistake people make is they put way too many poker chips on the table. You know what? If I call your hand, I can call your hand with as little or as much as I want. I don't have to go all, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to go all in necessarily. And we, we somehow feel like we have to go on. No, I just need to see the cards turn. I just need to get the cards to turn over. You know, I, I, I sometimes you just want to be in the hand, you, you, you know, and, and we go in way too much. You know, we, I got to have this office and I got to have all this equipment. I've got to have this and I got to have this. I got to, no, no, you just need to have a, a breathing you know, uh, you know, organism just to see if it has traction, demand, the margins are what you thought they were. Could you staff it the way you thought you were? You, all you do is want to get this thing breathing enough for like 90 days for you to take a second glance at it and go, okay, this has got some good things in it, or this is horrible. This is way worse than I thought, much harder to fulfill. 
blah, blah, blah. I, I could have probably used that advice at the start, honestly. <laughs> oh, I, only because I did that mistake probably 10 times. So, you know. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to touch on is like the the ten thousand hours that you were saying in terms of like mastering a skill and in in an area of focus around business where the ten thousand hour hours is so important in terms of that's what it takes to like master any sort of skill set and what happens with like the the younger generation especially which something that I noticed with myself and then that I researched uh, later on is the aspect of like video games but also you could do it with like social media and the younger generation who who play video games where they get this false perception of being able to master a skill in a shorter period of time and that's what makes them addicted to it so they're able to uh play call of duty or play fifa and be able to level up and become extremely good in say a hundred hours which is one one hundredth of of the time that it takes in the real world well they and believe so they, in the hack they believe in the hack. The hack doesn't exist. Hack doesn't exist. Skill exists. It, it is real. Experience is real. There is no hack. It, it doesn't exist. It's the shortcut. It's the and shortcut. not only that, yeah. it, may, it gives you, and it also gives you an abbreviated view of the scenery. In other words, you're not, it's like, it's like watching the trailer version. It's just that. It's the trailer <laughs> version. You're not seeing the entire movie, nor are you reaping the fruit of all of the entire movie. That's all a hack is. And and we get we get caught up into like everybody thinks they can skip all these steps. And I've never seen it happen. You know, again, all the people that we look, you know, that we consider extraordinary entrepreneurs, read the bio, Elon Musk, read the bio on Warren Buffett, read the bio on Bill Gates and, and all the way down. And please tell me where there was the hack because I can't find it. The closest thing to a hack that I've ever read and I tell everybody to do, if you can, is a quality partnership in business. That's the only hack that exists in business that Gates used, Buffett used, Musk used. You can go down the line who used it. Uh, McDonald's, Chicago, all the way down. It was partnership. Just the, the idea of dividing and conquering. Two are better than one. That That's the only hack I have ever seen and or read about that works. And I would argue that's a strategy, not a hack. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say that. Yeah, it's a strategy, <laughs> but hey, it's the closest thing you're going to get me to believe that there's something. I don't know. You know, it's at the end of the day, the business gets easier sometimes based on how good your idea is. I mean, because sometimes you're just running uphill the whole time. And that's the hint that probably wasn't a great idea. And that goes back to what I said originally and go in with as little as possible. So you can experience this view of it and go, well, I don't know if this one's viable and get out with your shirt on. So you can live to fight another day. For sure. Yeah. Like people spend so much in the, in the thinking side of things rather than the doing right at the beginning where you don't you don't even know what you like until you actually do it like in high school everything's hypothetical even in university like most of this stuff is hypothetical and your first business is likely not going to be your only business that you start up and the only skill sets that you work on but starting small like you said and just getting into the game and starting to learn some skill sets 
will give you an idea of the things that you like and that you don't like for you to narrow in on. And then like the aspect of how, like the size of the opportunity is that it doesn't really matter when you're just getting started. You just want to get started with something that you're slightly familiar with to just get into the game. And then later on, once you get into the game, then you can start looking at like the opportunity vehicle in terms of like how big of opportunity you're in. So you're looking at the long-term future of like what it could unfold into. Yeah, because what you're trying to develop as an entrepreneur, again, we've talked about some of it, but you're trying to develop leadership. <laughs> you know, okay, you got the only way to lead is to lead something. <laughs> you know, so okay, start a business. It's one of the unique things where you can create a business card and put anything you want on it. <laughs> okay. So you are the CEO, you're everything you ever want to be with one trip to Staples. Live out that fantasy and learn something from it. That's, you know, entrepreneurship, you get to dabble in a lot of things and find out, wow, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I can't stand doing that. This comes easier to me than that. Wow. I can hire people to do that. You, you, you don't, you, you're never going to learn that. You'll never learn that in a classroom. It's super true. And normally when you're building up your business, like things, um, things stack on top of each other and snowball into it when you don't even understand it. So like when I started, I, I started out video editing our videos. I, I never video edited in my entire life. I didn't take video editing classes in high school. I taught myself video editing with YouTube and I video edited all of our videos on social media to, for our initial marketing for an entire year and a half. And then I stopped. And we transitioned businesses. And I'm like, damn, I just learned a huge skill that took me a year and a half. What a waste of time. And then six months down the line, we started up a social media agency where I hired video editors. And I was able to manage them more effectively because I had the wherewithal of knowing what video editing actually took. I know how much time it took. I knew what a good product looked like. And I, I never knew that until looking back retroactively, it happened all throughout. You never lose, and that's the thing about entrepreneur. You never lose something. That the, the neat thing is, there's, uh, it's like it's like a big painting. There may not be a lot of that color, but you're going to need that color at some point. That little shading, that little fit, you know, that little rust color in the trees to create the fall. Everything creates that that portrait that you're developing. You, it, there's no loss in entrepreneurship. Every win is a win. Every loss is a win. I mean, I always tell people, I mean, failure is nothing but data. It's just proven data that doesn't work. It's just validate. <laughs> like I tried that. The data is in. <laughs> I lost money. It didn't work. Okay. It's just, it, that's all it is. It's just concrete data on what doesn't work. And dude, that's the beautiful thing about business is that you fail all the time. Like you fail more. <laughs> I failed more than I've, I've succeeded, but the times that I've succeeded were just like astronomically bigger. And it, it's it's crazy because in high school I I was put in the mindset of failing being horrible. When I when I came to my parents with a a bad mark, I immediately got uh, negative feedback on that, which told me that I shouldn't be doing that ever. And when I got extremely good marks, where I had very little failure, I got extremely good feedback. And it just puts people in the mindset that failing is bad. Where in the real world that so doesn't you avoid exist. It. Like I, I, so you yeah, avoid exactly. It. That's the problem. Yeah. And then you 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 position your. I apologize, inter interrupt because it's, it's such a good point there. But the problem is that then you spend the rest of your life avoiding failure. You 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 insulate yourself from everything that could fail. 
and then you miss the whole view, <laughs> you know, the stretching and the learning and the growing. It, it's not even just for entrepreneurs. It's for employees too, where I, I train my employees that it's completely fine to fail. Like the only thing that I say is that you you should just never make the same failure twice. Because then if you made the same failure twice, twice, then you haven't learned from that failure. And so it was meaningless. Yeah, I had an employee of mine do a massive screw up a few years ago, you know, about $10,000 one. And I was like, wow, well, yeah, that was about a $10,000 mistake. And he's like, well, I guess you're going to fire me, kind of give me a look. No, I just I just invested $10,000 in you. You're the last person I'm getting rid of. <laughs> I go, you're the last person I'm getting rid of. I go, we... I just learned 10,000. I just learned something through what you did. You just learned something. So I don't think we're ever going to repeat it. Are we? He goes, no, no. I go, good, good. Then I made an investment. Move on. That's, that's an amazing point. That's really good. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. So tell me, tell me, what's the one piece of advice, Luke, that you love to give young, young entrepreneurs? I mean, the go-to advice. Now you may have two, but no more than two. You got your one and two, like mine's Beta testing, I'm, I'm just really big on, on beta testing and I'm huge on partnering. If, if there's any way to partner, they're my one and two. What, let me hear yours. Yeah, my biggest advice, hands down, for young entrepreneurs is taking the absolute biggest risk when you're young. Like the biggest risk possible when you're young because you have the least amount of responsibility that you will have probably for the rest of your life when you're young, when you're in high school. and you have a lot of freedom and you don't have to take responsibility over a house, over kids, of a wife, over usually not even like rent because like you might be living with your parents and your parents pay for the rent, parents pay for food potentially. And so you can just take the most outlandish big risks. And so I would not play it easy ever. Because um, what you're going to lose, that's what I was going to say. I apologize because because what you're even viewing as a big risk I'm laughing at, you know what I'm saying? Like when you take off wife, kids, you know, all these things, I'm, I'm like, how much of it are you going to get a stub toe? I mean, but, but in the scale of what you're going to lose in your twenties, it, it's, that's what it's going to feel like when you're in your fifties, you're going to look back and laugh. Like that was like a major thing. And you're literally going to laugh at it. So true. Yeah. Yeah, so like I wouldn't play it safe. If you have the even the slightest urge of becoming an entrepreneur or thinking that you could potentially run a business, I would zero chance never go to university outside of high school. I would push that out. You can always fall back on university if you want to go into a different field, but you know, you can't always go into entrepreneurship later in life when you have more responsibilities or it's it's a lot more difficult to get into. I agree. I mean, I never, that's what I understand. Why can't you go to college at 22? If yeah. I could do it again, <laughs> I want to go back now. I want to go back now driving the cars I own now and all the things I have now. The greatest movie ever is Rodney Dangerfield. Oh God, I forgot the name of it, but where he goes back to college as he's like a multi multi-millionaire. He's got like assistants doing his homework, people sitting in class for him. He's got like a maid, a chef, <laughs> you know, I, I can't think of the, oh my gosh, it's so funny, but it's like, yeah, you want to go back to college. You want to go back later. I mean, so give it a whirl. Worst case scenario, you go back with some money in your pocket and you're like, ah, you know, maybe, you know, it's just not that big of a, the idea that we have to go to college at 18 is, is my point. You can go back at 22, you can go back at 24, you can go back at 28. You don't, we have this order of things 
And if we get outside the order, we somehow think we're doing something wrong. And it's just not the case. Yeah. It's because you're living somebody else's life. Like when I ask most of my friends of why you're going to university, even though that they're lost in the first year or two where they're not even picking a specific field that they're going into and just taking general classes, they usually say it's an outside force. Like their parents are really wanted them to go to university. Oh, it's my parents. They're, they're forcing me into it. And it's usually this external force that they don't even know why they're making the decision. Think of the logic there. Think about this slide. Just I got to go into yeah. a comedy routine on this one. Only in higher education can you spend $80,000 and you don't even have to declare what you're trying to accomplish. Like, I, what's your major? I got no idea. What do you want to become? No idea. But I'm going to spend 40, I'm going to borrow $40,000 this year to see if I can find out. I would spend $80,000 and I have no clue. Where else can you, you know, I mean, only in higher education can you go in debt up to your eyebrows and you don't even know what the heck you even want. I mean, that would at least narrow it down to, you know, like it should, like at that point, really to be funny, until you know what you're going to do, you should be, have to do online college. Like, you don't deserve to go to a dorm room and pay all these bills. Like, okay, listen, we're going to run a lot of videos. And if you see something out there that you think fits you, <laughs> then we're going to let you sign up and go away to college. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, if you think of the logic there, that really is funny. You know, I'm going to spend all this money and I have no idea what I'm going to do. Crazy. Hey, yeah, <laughs> it, it, the logic. The logic doesn't the logic doesn't make any sense when you when you when you put it like that. And it's because people don't self-reflect and ask themselves what they really want to do and then think long term. It's it's all about asking yourself the right questions. And most of the time that people don't ask themselves the right questions, or they don't have people around them, friend groups or like their family that are asking them the right questions. I you've got to be laughing and learning something on today's podcast. I have Luke Lintz with me here today. Uh, just a young entrepreneur. He's the founder of the high key PR firm, man, Luke, it's been a great conversation. I hope our audience learned something because we got extremely transparent with them today. How can people connect with you and everything you got going on? Yeah, I appreciate it, Sean. That was awesome. Uh, if anybody wants to connect with me, I'm posting more on YouTube and it's at Luke Lentz underscore, I think. And I'm, I'm posting some like really good videos for young entrepreneurs and just people who are in like high school and university might not know where they want to get to. And then Instagram at Luke Lentz. All right. You heard it. Everything will be in the show notes. I'm going to thank you so much for listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. Continues to grow at a, at a crazy rate. And it's because you continue to listen. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's brought to you by Gig Strategic, the best digital marketing company for small businesses. Um, reach out if you need help. They were incredible with my company. We're going to talk again real soon.